everyone. Welcome back to the show. It's the Mark and Mark podcast. I'm sports editor Mark Podolsky. I love pop culture. And you are? I'm entertainment editor Mark Mazuris. I, I almost said Mark Podolsky because I'm just off today. And I'd say I love sports, but as you know, I'm just a little... I'm a little fraught with anxiety yeah. over uh, what's going on with the Cavaliers. Yeah, you, this you're, big you're, trade of Kyrie you're Irving. Fi- you're fired up, aren't you? I am fired up. No, I've been drinking coffee all day. That might have something to do with it. Yeah, you're, you're feeling a little under the weather today, aren't you? Something like that. Okay. It's been a weird week. It's, you know, it looks like it's going to turn into fall, and then the humidity starts ramping up, and then you get a little bit of sun. It's kind of like this trade. It's kind of all over the place. You don't know what to expect or or. or what to what to think about this big trade that Cavs made with I, Kyrie Irving? I was thinking about this just in the last minute after we may have had a false start with this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, NBA trades are so interesting between the fact that or this NBA trade especially. There's so many, even though it's finally been finalized. It's uh, Kyrie Irving goes to Boston officially for Isaiah Thomas, for Jay Crowder, for I want to say Anti Zizik. I'm sure I butchered his name. I apologize. Are we ever going to see this guy? I don't know the. Unprotected first-round pick that the Celtics that's the, own from the Nets. That's the gold nugget. And then they've just the Nets just threw in a second-round pick that they own from the Heat uh, uh, for what is it, 2020? Like right. whatever. So two years. You were you've been asking me how how do I judge this trade? And and the honest answer is you really can't judge it yet because there's two. You know right. what will that pick be? Right. Because if that picks the top overall and there's a great player there, then that, that pick right there that's enough. You right. just don't know that it'll be. But that. I don't know if it's enough. It's almost you got to replace Urban somehow. Right. And if 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 he comes back, I'm talking about Isaiah Thomas, who was the other centerpiece. The three centerpieces. We can't. We can't really be a three centerpieces, but. <laughs> You don't. You don't. You know what I'm saying. So you got Irvin, Isaiah Thomas, and this nugget of a potential top five, three, right. maybe top overall pick next year in the draft. If Irvin just or if Thomas just comes back and is good, not even you know people forget this guy averaged more points than Irvin did last year. Like twenty eight point five, I think, or, and Irvin averaged about twenty six. It's funny. He's almost a more dramatic version of Kyrie because he yeah. can. He can probably score as much, like you said, maybe a little more. He, we actually managed to go find the one point guard who's probably worse at defense than Kyrie. Right. Um, but look, they got away. They got away with it with Irvin. So, so look. Short answer for me is: if we get Isaiah Thomas, a healthy Isaiah Thomas, for most of the year, I like this trade. I don't think you could do better. If you barely get any Isaiah Thomas, or God forbid, he can't really play at all or isn't himself. Even though the Cavs still get some things out of it, I don't like this trade. And like you just don't know. And I agree with what we were talking about before we started recording. I don't know if the Cavs could have gotten done any better. I'm just going to miss Kyrie Irving and what he brought to the team. I loved watching him play. Uh, part, you know, it's it's sort of the beginning of the end of this championship team that we had. Right. So, um, you know, it's uh, I think they did well. I think the Cavs did well for themselves, but uh, it's still a little sad. You know, I like you know, Kyrie. it's it's interesting because you rarely see hip injuries. In sports, yeah, I mean the most famous one probably is Bo Jackson. You know, and in his incredible career, had to get a hip replacement. But like, you know, with things with knees, like what do you do? You just go in, you get it fixed. It's like a, you're a robot, and you know, in nine months, you're going to be pretty much close to 100. percent So he got hurt last was it May, April? No, like was late. Was like late May, right? Yeah, it was finals. It, it was not. It was not in the series he, against. He had already been hurt before the did series. He, did he get hurt in the Eastern Conference semis? Uh, he got hurt. All I know is he got hurt before the Cavs series against the Celtics. But then he left that series against the Cavaliers. Right. and Didn't return. Right. 
So I think he re-aggravated. So yeah, I mean that, that's the biggest thing. Like you just there's no like I guess there's no history. There's no textbook medical textbook that tells you hey an injured injured hip blew back X amount of time. So I guess there's and, a little bit of and, and the information is real vague. You know he did this interview with ESPN with Adrian Morjanowski saying like. No doctors have told me that my career is in jeopardy. I'm going to be back. I'm going to be great. But from the Cavaliers' perspective, he's on the last year of his deal that that pays him a, a team friendly, you know, yeah. six million or something. Right. Um, the Cavaliers really need him for this year. I mean, we'd all like him to go on and have yeah. a long career because we're good people. Right. But you know, what have you done for me lately? Yeah. What are you doing for me this year? So, well, you know, he is 29, going on 30. Irvin is 25. So advantage. Celtics big time in that respect in terms of longevity you know Urban or uh, Thomas plays you know he plays a, a kind of a tough the way he brings the way he plays the game is a kind of a tough mentality you know he's six foot he's always driving the lane he's getting banged around to do what he does to score the volume he does yeah. at that height you cannot be impressed by the guy oh I think yeah he's all heart um but you know injuries I mean, are injuries I, I think like, you know hope that I hope this guy can play and I hope this guy is you know, close to being, you know, percentage-wise what he was. Because I think instantly the fans are going to love this guy. I agree. You know what I mean? Like, if, in terms of what he will bring. If he's mostly the guy he's been, the Cavs got a lot of return on Kyrie. There's just no question. Yeah, and like we were talking about, like, the Matthew, uh, or, oh, I keep saying Matthew, the Damian Lillards of the world. Um, You're thinking of the actor. Right. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of some other promising young point guards in the league. I mean, you're just not going to pry these guys away from these teams. No. There's a reason why these guys are elite. You know, I mean, and that's what makes this situation so unusual with the Cavs. You get you get this guy in a prime of his career, doesn't want to play with LeBron James. It's just, it just I just hope that one day Kyrie, Kyrie Irving like just spills his guts to somebody and says, This is this is what makes me tick. Because I, I just think as as a as a fan of sports, it just doesn't make any sense why you wouldn't want to play with LeBron James. I mean, I can guess it probably might be a little daunting, and you know, especially if you want to be "quote unquote" the big guy, the big dog. You know, what I mean, I could see. I look. I think there's a lot of little reasons. I think the biggest clue is that he's a Kobe Bryant guy. He worships Kobe Bryant, and I think he has that "quote unquote." He's trying to have that Mamba mentality. Wants to be the big show. Um, I don't think you and I are built like that. We wouldn't. We wouldn't want to go away from a team where, you know, it. It'd be like you know, like. Playing for the 80s Lakers and, you know, James Worthy is like, I just can't play with Magic and Kareem anymore. I mean, are you kidding me? The worst thing about this trade is... Or like um, Kevin McHale says, I just can't play with Larry Bird anymore. Get me out of here. Like, what? <laughs> the worst thing about this trade is that where the Cavs send him. I mean, we, we are going to still get our fill of Kyrie Irving. He's going to be back. I, I am not opening worried night. 100. I mean, I'm just telling you right now, is if they got Isaiah Thomas, like, ready for the playoffs next year, and you got LeBron, I'm just telling you right now, there is no way this team's beating the Celtics. The Celtics are beating the Cavs. I agree. With I'm that. just saying this. I, I might be wrong, but my belief is there is absolutely no chance that they beat that team, the Celtics. I, I agree with that. You know what I mean? Hey, last thing we'll wrap up, Kyrie. His legacy in Cleveland. It's an interesting one because he arrives pre. He gets drafted pre LeBron. He spends a couple years on just some really awful teams, and people are kind of wondering, you know, is this guy the real deal? He's battling injuries himself. You know, we talk about Thomas. Urban has been hurt a lot in his career. It's actually amazing how healthy he's been. You know what I mean? Since two years ago in the finals. Yeah. Uh, once he come, came back, he, he's been fine. But, he, you know, he's he'll go down as owning the greatest shot in Cavaliers history, that three he hit over 
Curry in Game Seven. There's just no question. I mean, that's just the best shot in Cavs history. No one's. It'll be hard to top that one. His legacy, though. I mean, wh- where do you put him? Because you know, obviously LeBron is number one, not even close. And you got the Doherty's and the Mark Prices of the world, and World Be Free. People loved him. And I mean, where where does he fit into all this? Because he was only here five years. I think it's more than six, something like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. I haven't really thought about that. That really hasn't been what's been on my mind. But um, I guess to, to go corny with it, he'll just have a special place in my heart because that is the one championship, if you take Ohio State off the board, that I've experienced. Mm-hmm. He hit the big shot. He's been a part of this. You know, there's been a lot of drama with these recent Cavs teams. But for the well, most that's part, the thing about Urban. He leaves with this drama. It's right, he does. baggage. He does. But um, a lot of good memories and... Um, I guess there's something to be said for not just spurning the Cavs or, or, or the team I root for in free agency. The fact that he leaves me actually get something for him. I'm not filled with hatred for him like I can sometimes be with athletes. Right. Uh, LeBron James, the first time he left. Um, do, you so think, I don't know. do you think he'll be better than he was in Boston than he was here? I think he's still got room to develop. And I think, look, I can't watch it enough and... and uh, smart enough and say, oh, Brad Stevens is a great coach. People seem to think Brad Stevens, the Celtics coach, is a good coach. So I'm going to be interested to see what he does with Kyrie for sure. I think Boston's going to be a fun team to watch. I mean, interesting. You're taking away. I mean, you're taking away two starters for one when you take away Crowder. But they signed Gordon Haywood, who was going to take they did. Crowder's spot anyways. I mean, they're going to be was a good he? Team. I thought isn't well, yeah. I bought them like across. Three, two, I thought three, they were both three. basically threes that can probably. I thought Gordon's more of a two-three, isn't he? Gordon's probably more of a two-three. Crowder's probably Crowder's more of a three-four. Yeah. Um. So I, you know, it's probably not that black and white, but. Right. So, um, in closing, are you over this? I, I'm just worried about Thomas. I'm just worried about uh, you know that we sent the good, we the Cavs sent the uh, healthy guy. Yeah, you're, you're not over this, dude. No, I'm worried about it. I'm worried about it. All right, let's move on to the Browns. It's a big. It's a big announcement that the Browns came up with, and to me, it was the only choice that Hugh Jackson could make. Brock Osweiler. Brock Osweiler made that pretty easy. Didn't I mean, he? he's a, I've heard he's a great guy, but this is a business. He's an awful quarterback in the NFL. You could not look. My thing with this, and I've told Jeff Shadell, our, our pro speech, pro sports writer, this many times. If you're Hugh Jackson, you cannot go out there. And go three and thirteen or two and fourteen or whatever they're going to go this year four and twelve, and sell Brock Osweiler throughout sixteen games. That's how you get fired. So, but you can sell Deshaun Kaiser. And if yeah. you're and, and look, they're doing a the smart thing. I like what they're doing, and they're not saying, "Well, let's we'll see if he's ready." They're they're like, "This is the guy. He, we're we're banking everything on him right now." You know, whether he flops or he's good is is. The big question. Yeah, I never but, thought. Oh, sorry, go ahead. But no, I'm saying that if if he's four, if they're four and twelve, and he's showing promise, fans can be on board with that. They really yeah. can, I think. You know me. I think about these things a little differently. A year where he sh- where he's four and twelve and shows a little bit of promise is almost my worst nightmare. Really? Because I want to, you know, what I hope the most important thing that comes out of this Brown season is to figure out what we have in Deshaun Kaiser. And my concern is... Well, that's the same thing as... That's same, kind of the same thing I'm saying, isn't it? Yes, but I'm concerned that 4-12 and 12 with some promise is just enough to keep you from upgrading the position when you might have a chance. And then maybe Kaiser never... I, I want it to be either like, 
oh my God, Kaiser's great. We've solved this. Or uh, oh, so you're worried that he's maybe just good enough. I'm worried they, about the gray area. And then next year's a really loaded quarterback class, right. and they don't address right. it. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, but so you know, as you talked about, there you go, glass half glass empty. Half empty. <laughs> I think that might have been Man. our previous recording attempt. But uh, no, for sure. Uh, but I'm glad he's starting. I think the more, the most, the best thing the Browns can do this year is see as much as Deshaun yeah. Kaiser on the field as possible. I thought it would have been fine to start Brock Osweiler, have him play oh, some are you kidding wait, me. Wait, wait, have him play three games, four games, five no. games, just to give no. Deshaun a little more time. But I'm thrilled. Like get yeah. him out there. I like I like the kid. I think he shows moxie. I think he shows like he belongs. I think he's he looks like a leader out there. And I mean, look, he's going to take his lumps. They're starting off at Pittsburgh. But I think they're going to win some games where maybe I think fans don't think they're going to win. My biggest my biggest concern is not Kaiser. It really is. It's what it's, I think it's what's around. Let's stay with Kaiser for one second. Um, I was traveling and at a dinner out of town on Saturday, so I didn't get to watch the game. I pulled up the uh, NFL.com has some pretty good highlight packages, and they had a thing like every pass that Kaiser right. threw. So it's not a really fair way to judge everything. And I know his stats weren't that great. It was the last game. Yeah, Maybe the Bucks six, game. Six for 18. I thought he looked really good. I mean, I think those... I know. I it think, was weird. I, just the throws are solid. He yeah. just shows some good instincts back there. I mean, it was raining. It was a pretty rough Yeah, condition. and look, he's got room to improve. I just think for where... I'm happy with where he is right now, and I think he shows the raw talent, and I don't think you're hearing bad things about I was uncoachable or anything like that. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited. I mean, I'm trying to stay tempered with it, but I'm a little glass half full right now with him. I, I'm... I'm pretty excited about it. Look, what I was trying to say, like, you know, I'm more concerned about what's around him and some of these receivers and, you know, these rumors that they're trying to go out and get a receiver, like, you know, end of preseason, now you're trying to go out and get a receiver. Like, you know, come on, let's go. And this David Njoku, who, I don't know, this every account I read, this kid sounds kind of lost. And I'm like, I mean, you heard he'd be raw, but he sounds really raw. Yeah, I'm like, ugh. Because I really liked that pick at the time. I thought, yeah. boy, that's the kind of guy that can really succeed, be an offensive weapon in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, for Browns, for his sake, I just my biggest fear is I just hope this line stays intact so this kid doesn't get killed. You know, like, well, at least one he, guy, he's going to make mistakes. Let him make mistakes through the natural course of, pro- of progression in terms of decision-making, not by, you know, some linebacker coming in and just decleating him, you know, every for sure, you know, two or three games and – this kid's battling concussions or whatever. So just try to keep him upright. You know what I like about him, too? For the first time in a long time, they got a big strapping guy back there who can just throw the ball over all field. He looks like a mini Ben Roethlisberger to me. He's just it's a yeah, skinnier, but yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, it's exciting to have that kind of guy. I, I'm a believer that you need that kind of guy in, in this deep. part of the country, in this division. Go deep. Go deep, baby. So uh, I'm excited. You know, it's just... Gosh, that division they play in every year. When you're playing those six teams or those three teams every year in those six games, it's just, you know, you're almost like if you're going one, you're thinking you're just going to go one and five probably. Maybe a split with one of those, you know, the Bengals or the, or the Steelers, maybe. Oh, I think the Ravens are going to have a, uh, not, I mean, I think they'll be better than the Browns, but I think the Ravens are going to be fairly lousy and I'm pretty excited. I don't about know. There's, I, I'm I don't saying know all three about, teams are contenders for the playoffs. I try not to bring a lot of hate into this world. I hate the Ravens with the power of a thousand suns. So I hope they go five and 11. They got, I mean, I think they made some pretty decent moves. I mean, Danny Woodhead, he's a, he's a hell of a football player. I think he's going to make a big difference for them. Running the ball. And the point the ball. is, they're playing their they're paying their somewhat lousy quarterback way too much money, and it's delightful. I would take Joe Flacco, wouldn't you? In that Super Bowl ring he wears around, he does um, have the Super Bowl. That's what ruins it. You know, that, that, that makes a little bit of a difference, doesn't it? 
I just, everything here is really not that good, and they're paying him an arm and a leg, and it makes me happy. Oh, my gosh. Um, so how do you feel about this team going forward for the Browns? Uh, look, you know that I've liked everything they've done in the last couple of years. You have? And because I think they're loved, you love that one in fifteen season last year. I like the low and slow <sighs> approach because I think they're going to come out of this in a couple of years with all this talent. But I still think it's going to be a pretty long year. I, I'm still predicting three and thirteen. Yeah, I mean, I just this looks like three, thirteen, four, and twelve written all over it. But you know, it's if you're a fan though, you got your future right in front of you. They're going to be more watchable and, and, than and, last and year. And there's yeah, there's a, like look, you know, when you're throwing out Josh McCowns of the world, that's when. You, you, by halftime, you're like, okay, speaking of Josh McCown, along, rake the leaves. Speaking of Josh McCown, Browns better win that Jets game. Oh, he's the starting quarterback this year for them. Isn't that amazing how these guys... He'll be out by then. 38 years old. It's amazing. I like Josh McCown. I thought Seems he, like a great guy. When he was out there, I thought he gave it his all. You know? I know. All right, so let's move on. How do you feel about the Indians right now? Seven in a row, 20 over 500, eight game lead in the division. Mark, this, I, this division is over. I feel great about the Indians. No, you don't. No, I do. I'm not yeah. watching them, but I feel great about them. Yeah. I mean, I'm just not making time for them. It's in my amazing. Life, but but through two, three weeks ago, you're like, okay, let's start breaking away. And not only are they breaking away, they're they're right on the heels of the Red Sox, and they are right on the heels of the Astros, who had such an enormous lead in American League. You thought, okay, you know, you're, you're going to get into that Red Sox series. Now you got a chance to maybe. You can play the winner of that wild card if you get that one overall seed. To do what they're doing lately without some with some key guys on the uh, DL, it's really impressive. And I mean, I, think I want to know what the hell Terry Francona. Is. What is it? What is this? We've magic? all said it a million times. This guy's amazing. But what a gift that guy has been to the city and this team. And if you care about the Indians, I know. Uh, you just can't say a bad word about Terry Francona. And Everything I does. think for the second year in a row, the Indians are peaking at the right time. Yeah. And it's exciting. And, you know, I don't watch a lot of regular season baseball, but playoff baseball, man, it's exciting. It's nerve-wracking. Yep. I'll be watching. It'll be – Yeah, I mean, look. take a couple of years off my life. Kipnis right now is out. And look at – how about that? The, how about the fortunate circumstance of having an all-star third baseman playing second base now with Kipnis out? That, I mean, talk about a luxury. That's yeah, fantastic. That is really nice. And then you could throw Urshela over there, who's fantastic fielding, but he's kind of a train wreck at the plate right now. But you can kind of sacrifice that. You know, the thing is, I think that's hidden. I think the hidden magic of this team right now, and people were dogging him in the first half, and I could not believe it. But Francisco Lindor, I'm telling you right now, this kid is going to be the next Derek Jeter. I mean, this kid is, I mean, unless something happened, he is going to be a Hall of Famer. The, the, the second half he's putting up, got 25 home runs now. He's betting 275. He was Remember, I think he was betting 240 in the first half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know. You look at his approach, it's awful. And ever since that kid has been, I mean, you can go back and track. Ever since that kid has been put in the starting lineup, they've been a winner. And they haven't been a winner. They've been a big winner. Right. And I think he makes a big, huge difference. And so you got you got Kipnis out. And you, 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 you hate to say it, but you're wondering if it's, start, it's starting to be a lost season for him. He's only bad about 225 this year. He, sort of like a snake bit season, right? Yeah. There's always an injury getting in the way. I know, and you, you wonder where he's going to be if he'll be ready come postseason. But, you know, Frank Kona is loyal to his vets. He, yeah, I think once he's ready, he'll, he'll be back. Brantley, the big one, I think the big one in terms of the injury, Brantley and Miller, have, you know, the luxury now of just having this 7-8 game lead, Don't you don't need to rush them back. You know, bring them back maybe a week and a half, maybe right, look, third you, week of September, maybe – 
get Miller in there three or four times. It's like, just get him back, to, give him like a two-week spring training circumstance. Take it very much slow with Miller because you brought him back once before and that knee acted up immediately. Yep. Brantley, you know, sprained ankles. I think that ended up being like, they don't, I don't think they publicly said it, but it probably ended up being, that was probably a high ankle sprain. Right. So fearful, you know, and I think that, I think something else that we should, we need to talk about is that the second that injury happened, they went out and did that Jay Bruce treatment. What a, what an amazing addition that's been. And that seemed like just this almost like uh Almost you, almost you mentioned it in passing. Yeah. I thought, boy, that sounds like a pretty – because that was post – that was in the part of the trade trading season where he had to clear waivers. Clear waivers, right. right. And I thought, boy, that seems like a nice pickup yeah. for what they oh, need. Oh, he's been amazing. And yeah. so you wonder now, like, where this kind of – everything is going to figure now because you, there's no way you're sitting Jay Bruce in the playoffs. This guy's got 33 home runs, you know. So you got um, um, got Bradley Zimmer, and then you got – you're waiting for Chisholm to come back. So now, like, potentially you got end of September, you're going to have Jay Bruce, Zimmer, Brantley, Chisenhall. Like, where did, and then you got Edwin and Conorcion, he's your DH. Like, where does everybody kind of fit into the mold now? That's going to be the that's going to be the big dilemma for Terry Francona. How, how does he figure this out? Kind of file under that nice problems to have, though, right? It's a great problem to have. But Get everyone like, healthy and then figure it out. Yeah, I mean, you it just it could turn into, like, where you're just going – Lefty, lefty, you know, lefty, righty theory, and and the funny part is to go back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago. Everyone here, I think, respects Tito so much that you'll have those, you know, whatever decision he makes, you'll have those conversations. He should have done this. He should have done that. Eh, but Tito probably knows better than I do. I'm exactly. gonna go. I'm gonna go with Tito. I think the biggest question mark in that outfield is that I think the easiest decision, maybe, and the hardest one at the same time, is to sit Zimmer. He's a rookie. He's been up and down batting, but I tell you what, when that guy is in that outfield. And you should watch Indians. When you're watching an Indians game, just watch this kid play defense. Watch him run the base pass. This kid is like a NFL wide receiver. Oh, yeah. This guy can cover so much ground. When he gets on the base pass, he, he just wreaks havoc. I mean, I saw – I saw uh, – I saw – what was it? It was uh, – I think they were playing last – it was into the Royals. It was, it, was one, it was a series over the weekend. I can't remember who it was. Hits his line, drives to center field. Nice hit. He's getting, taking his lead. Boom. Takes off. Steals second. Throw gets away. He's at third. Pass ball scores. I mean, that's that's the value of a guy like that. Yep. He hits basically hit an inside-the-park home run. But with his, You know, think about yeah. it without having to hit it into the gap and one guy falls over and ball rolls around for five minutes. I mean, that's that's the value of those kind of guys. So, like, his defense and the way his the speed he brings, it's a hard thing to, to sit down. But then, you know, Francona, I'm sure he loves his veterans, and you know there's no way Brantley's sitting when he gets back, you know. And I don't know what you do then. You know, it, it's. I think it's probably going to be. My guess is probably going to have to keep Zimmer in the center, Brantley in left, and it's probably going to be. I think Chisholm might be a bit, the odd man out. I could see that where Bruce is playing right field. Yeah, you know what I mean. So we shall see. It's going to be. And look, nothing to me. I love my college football, and I. You know, I love my Stanley Cup fi- but playoff games, and there's not much that tops playoff baseball in October. There's nothing more nerve-wracking. It's, it is, man. It, you're right, man. It is. It, you're just sweating with every pitch. It's, it's so much fun to to kind of have that feeling back again now. Like, you almost expect. You just can't wait now. Like, give me, bring, bring me October now. Remember yeah. that? Remember how fun that ride was last year? It was. It was a blast. 
Awesome. So let's go on to some pop culture. You wrote your fall movie preview, which I'm calling it which, the Beast. By the way, well, it does not include, which I think this is a, a joke, does not include Star Wars: The Last Jedi, which I really want to talk about, but well, we're not going to. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to table that. I have. Uh, what I, is the actual cutoff date? I, I for the last several years, what's worked for me because there's just so many movies that come out from basically the week after Labor Day through the end of the year. That I just I can't do them all in one preview. So you have the fall, which goes up until the weekend before Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and then the holiday season starts. They always release a bunch of movies on that Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, right. so that the holiday season right. is kind of yeah. that Wednesday through the rest of the year. So Star Wars, which you know I'm looking forward to, is like December fifteenth. So that just falls later. Um, They're gonna own the month again. Good yeah, for them, for sure, for sure. Uh, and you know, so the big the big bad of uh, of this fall season. And it'll do its thing and maybe get out of the way a little bit. It's Justice League. And I think we're both, here comes another DC movie. We're both eagerly awaiting it, but with different sort of expectations, I think. Look, they've got, this is this is great timing for DC. You're carrying the wave of momentum of Wonder Woman. I think. So I said in my preview, you got to capitalize I on think that. Josh Whedon, when he came in, he replaces Zack Snyder to kind of. Well, okay, so. He's. Jack Snyder. Zack Zack Snyder. Snyder basically shot the movie. Right. As he's as he's the director of Man of Steel and of B, uh, Batman v Superman, <clears throat> so he's the director of this movie. But had a really sad family tragedy, had to step away in post production. So Joss Whedon comes in, this experienced director, did the Avengers movies, right. knows his way around this kind of thing, to kind of oversee that part of the process. I don't know if there were some reshoots. Well, I've heard that they sort of tried to tone up the movie in terms of a little more maybe fun. I, I feel weird. I feel like it's a treacherous thing to talk about because because of the reasons that Zack Snyder is on is not on the film right now which are just really sad you don't want to say it's a blessing or anything like that right. it's terrible no absolutely not that said hey, I'm movie, a guy who loves Batman v Superman I'm not going to talk right. down about the Snyder. movie might benefit I think from that from anything Whedon can bring to it I now, think I've also heard that they've tried to maybe incorporate a little bit more of the Wonder Woman character and maybe her storyline and which you'd be crazy not to exactly. after the success absolutely. of that movie absolutely and you're hearing great buzz about uh, Momoa as Aquaman, and so maybe they're trying to capitalize maybe on that a little bit too. And we know Momoa from the first season of Game of Thrones. I love okay, him. Okay, you do. I don't. Uh, so I think he was a great. Uh, when I heard him being talked about for Aquaman, I'm yes. like, that's perfect. That's right. great. So I think he'll be good. To me, it just comes down to like how much Zach. Sadly, how much Zack Snyder influence is still on this movie because you know those movies are just too right. I just don't think he has a real great touch of character and story, and I don't expect that to change, but we'll see. Yeah, I think the biggest mystery of this film, its I think it's a good mystery. And I think they maybe learned a little bit from Batman v Superman and their promotion of that film. I have no idea what this movie is about. All I know is that these cluster of superheroes are getting together. I don't think I've even seen a picture of the villain who's going to be in this movie. Yeah, I just saw something that was like, this is what we think he'll look like. They've, right. They've kept him under wraps. They've kept Superman under wraps. Clearly, Superman's going to be back. Right. Yeah, we even talk about that. It's just it's just a strange... It's all been sort of... The way they're marketing it is sort of Batman relating to working with other superheroes. Right. Uh, which I think is a good way to go. Right. You know, the whole like... And to get uh, along. Right. And, of course, you know, this might... This buzz might, might uh, begin... Once we get into those traditional fall months, but you know this is going to be the swan song for Affleck because it all. I mean, I don't. I don't think he's actually come out and said it, but it, everything. Everything's. All the reports have said that he's not going to be in any 
play, he's not going to continue playing Batman after this movie, right? Well, I just heard that he was out for the um, Matt Reeves directed possible trilogy, starting with the Batman. Okay, but I guess as we were talking in the office the other day, you thought that might have a younger Batman. So I'm wondering if there couldn't be a sequel to Justice League that, Bat, that oh, Ben Affleck is still okay, involved. Yeah. I don't know. Is this Batman movie going to be part of the DC universe? I've heard yes. Because I've now there's no. also this Joker movie that's the origin Joker movie that Martin Scorsese wants to get involved with. There's, there's rumors that this might not be connected to this right. DC universe. That's, and that's a little is, confusing right now. another Joker movie with Jared Leto and, yeah. and uh, Harley Quinn played by Margot Robbie right. spinning off from Suicide Squad. You know, it's just funny... And look, obviously all these studios are just in business to make money, but Marvel just has this really concrete plan and oh, they yeah. stick to it and they just yeah. make, and DC is just sort of throwing stuff against the They're wall. All over Every time the place. it looks like they get a plan, then you don't know. So who knows? But um, let, let, let's not go down that rabbit hole anymore because we'll have time to talk about Justice League as time goes on. Uh, how excited are you for the other big superhero movie of the fall, uh, Thor Ragnarok? Very. Absolutely. I, mean, I like the second trailer a lot better than I like the first I trailer. I think they're so both great. I think I'm kind of in for it now. I mean... It just looks like you're going back into the 70s, but like an upside down world 70s or something. You know, they're suddenly doing that with sort of the fonts they're using in the trailer. And sort yeah, of the but it's very thing. like a funky, funkadelic sort of vibe. It looks to like it. it's going to have a lot of humor, which I generally like in my superhero yeah. movies. Um, well, look, they were they were by design absent from Civil War. We're talking Thor and Hulk for this reason, I think. They're photos, they were not in that movie. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I think there's some sort of lost in another galaxy or another period or dimension aspect to this movie, right? I don't know. You thought It about sounds that. like it. It sounds like he's banished from Asgard somehow. He loses his hammer. I think that's kind of what we're getting at. And Maybe. I know they're how getting, Hulk, isn't Ragnarok a place? Rag, yes. Ragnarok is some sort of dimension or That's planet. where you and Hulk are going to fight, like on Ragnarok. Yes. So, um, look, you had me at Thor and Hulk are going to fight. Thank you. Take my money. I did like even though I I want. even though I didn't like the first trailer very much. I do love the joke where Thor sees the Hulk. Yes, and says, I know him together. Yeah. It's a great joke. Um, I just I really like the first Thor movie, and I hated the second Thor movie. I, yeah, the second Thor movie. I never even got through that movie. It's easily my least favorite. I like the first Thor movie. I like the first Thor movie. Too. Yeah, the second one's easily my least favorite Marvel movie. Like it's just really right. rough. So I just want this. All I want is for this one to be more in line with the first because I think there was a lot of good stuff there, and I think it'll be solid. Who do, you think, who do you think is going to be the, the winner among Justice League and Thor Ragnarok? At the box office? Yeah. Man, you're the one to answer that question. I would guess Justice League. I kind of think too. Uh, the thing is, they, the Thor Ragnarok has the Avenger coming out a week, either a week or two before Justice League. It's two weeks before. Yeah, so. Uh, but that's enough time for. Uh, yeah, but you know, if that thing's a monster hit, Thor Ragnarok, that's, that's, you don't want to, I mean, you don't want to have any competition. So Justice League comes out the Friday before Thanksgiving, as we just said, like, I don't know. There's a new Pixar movie coming out. There'll be a lot so of... So that'll be a Wednesday release, right? No. Justice League's on a Friday. I'm saying the following Wednesday, there's a bunch of other stuff coming but up. But is so, the following Wednesday the week the week of Thanksgiving? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm saying Justice League comes out the Friday before Thanksgiving. Then there's more movies the Wednesday after that. So Justice League is quickly going to have a bunch of competition at the box office. Yeah. Is what I mean, I think, I think I, the way Marvel has that movie positioned is very... I think it's a little more advantageous. Let me tell you the movie I'm most excited about, and it's a little. I'll tell you weird, one I like too. And it's a little weird because I'm not a I'm not really a big fan of the original Blade Runner, but I can't wait for Blade Runner 2049. When does that come out? It's uh, October 6th, so it's not that far. It's Harrison Ford is back. 
kind of playing second fiddle to uh, Ryan. I'm Gosling. intrigued by that movie. I don't know if I'm excited. I'm intrigued. I'm excited because it's directed by Dennis Villeneuve. I always say his name wrong. Villeneuve, Villeneuve. Excuse me. Director of Arrival, director of Sicario, director of Prisoners. I like everything he's done. I think it'll be a well-directed movie with great actors, and uh, I hope it lives up to my expectations. Is Battle of the Sexes coming out? This, isn't it coming out in September? Yes. That's uh, the one with Bobby, Bobby, Bobby it Riggs, looks, Billy it looks Jean, great. With Will Ferrell and uh, Emma Stone? Uh, Steve Carell and Emma Stone. Oh, I thought it was Will Ferrell. Steve no, Carell. Steve Carell. Yeah, September 22nd. That's one of those dates that's like from a smaller studio. That date could get pushed, but... I, it was September 2nd? 22nd. 22nd. I, I'm just... I, I, I love... I love sports period pieces. I love historical, you know, very hip. And sport, I mean, that's a very important, that's a very important, uh, I, mean, I don't even know, I guess you'd call it a sporting event, but it was more like a, it, it a was cultural a, event. It was almost like a Floyd Mayweather, uh, Conor McGregor. Right. Two worlds colliding. Yeah. I mean, it was like, you didn't, you didn't know how to take it because you were just like, well, what are they really trying to do here? But the significance of it was you, you wanted to see, like it, like you just want to see what happened. You didn't know what was going to happen. You weren't sure what you were going to watch, but when you watched it, you're like wow, this is. So I don't remember. I don't know what what year was it because I think it was before my time. Oh, I think it was seventy four. But it, so that's the year I'm born. So yeah, I, I, I don't don't quote me. It was sometime okay. in mid early early to mid seventies. Yeah, I don't know much about it to be honest with you. I, I'm excited because yeah. I want to learn more about it. You know what I mean? I just, I love Emma Stone. She's one of my favorite actresses. Right. I just think it's going to be and Steve Carell yeah. looks like he's killing yeah. it in the trailer. I, I will say this: I've read some reports where. Uh, the lesbian community has been a little critical of Emma Stone. She's not really pulling that off as well. I mean, so it might be a little, there could be a little sensitivity the, to the she role. She wouldn't be the first person I would think of for Billie Jean King, but... I just you know, Billie Jean King was a lesbian. Right. We all, you know, right. But I, I love Emma Stone, so I want to give her the benefit of the doubt. She can prove me wrong that she can't. Right. Is there anything else you're excited about? Um, a little excited about The Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Yeah, I That's too. coming out. The other one, um, even though I get really excited about biopics, and then they're always never quite as good as I hope they're going to be, but... Um, Marshall on October 13th, which is Chadwick Boseman. He's already played Jackie Robinson and Jim uh, James Brown. Excuse me. Now he plays Thurgood Marshall. It's a, just an. I love how he's suddenly become the go-to for these. Of course, Black great, Panther. Great, right? Black Panther, uh, but great black figures in history. So I think he was. Even though both those movies are not perfect, I really like what he did in both of them. Right. So I'm interested to see his performance as Thurgood Marshall. Cool. And you want to close up by talking a little about Game of Thrones? Yeah, I, I know you can't participate in this because for some reason you're the one person, I'm stuck with the one person who doesn't watch Game of Thrones. Right. But Game of Thrones... Probably, just, probably too. I know. You got. You probably got a year and a half before the show comes back. You really should think about no, giving it a few episodes. Nope. It's a spectacle. Um, this season was the ultimate mix Not bag. interested. You do not seem to be interested. This season was the ultimate mixed bag, Mark Podolsky. Oh, no. Was it? It was... Uh, well, last year you were kind of lukewarm about that season, weren't you? The last couple of years I've been lukewarm was because... This, was, was, was this season better than those two? In some ways, yes. In some ways, no. The last couple of seasons, I felt they've really been sort of bide, biding their time with a lot of characters while they put other... While they moved other characters around. So this season had the benefit of all the characters were now kind of in their final directions. They're leading towards the end. It's going to end this... One more season of six episodes. So there's no more wasting time. But they they went, they went, sort of went to the other end of the spectrum where everything was uh, paced much faster than it had been paced in the past. Mm -hmm. Really didn't feel like the same show. There used to be episodes where a character was traveling from here to there because it's obviously in these like you know fantasy medieval time. They're just, they say they're going to go somewhere. Next you see them there. Then they're back. 
there was not nearly as much dialogue. What you did get was big plot developments, a lot of which, you know, the sort of nerds who predict this kind of stuff had predicted. But also you got great spectacle. I mean, this was like a, a big budget movie on HBO every week. I mean, dragons and ice walls and zombies. and um, So from that point, it was great. I just think they really lost the nuance that they used to have. And, you know, there's a lot of theories about how the show is going to end. And some of them would involve very ambitious storytelling. And I just don't know that they're up for it. So I can't wait for the final season, but I also have a lot so of So next year, next year is the final season? Probably 2019. The Prevailing. So there'll be two more seasons? No, probably won't be a season next year. Oh, they're just going to take, take a year off? It's not announced yet. No one really knows. What are they doing? Just kind of just... Kinda just they think it's going to take a reboot long... Reboot or something? So they're going to... Basically, the thought is they're going to have six hour plus episodes, some close to an hour and a half. And I just think it's going to take a long time to film these. And post-production, there's going to be a lot of uh, you know, digital effects. So I just think so they're going to be a big spectacle time. season? Oh, it's going to be crazy. So I just want to close up by saying that I have we have stepped... As a family, my wife and my son and I, we have stepped into the next generation of streaming services. We, 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 are, we are, we are, we're on a thirty-day trial of Netflix. We're getting ready to dump uh, our cable. I bought an antenna. We've got forty crystal clear stations and our upstairs TV of all the networks. And after the first day of our trial with Netflix, my son says. We're never going to get rid of Netflix, are we, Dad? I said, no, we're not. I love Netflix. I'm Wait till he realizes all the shows he can't watch anymore once you dump cable. I know. I know. No, I'm, I'm just telling you, we watched Stranger Things season one. Which I would have been shocked if you didn't like. I thought, this, it was, has, this has Mark Podolsky it was all over. Phenomenal isn't the word. And my son loved, loved, loved it. And I, it was interesting because I asked him, I said, Sam, what do you like most about Stranger Things? Because the kids are like all my age. I'm like, that's that's great because that's like, you can cross so many different groups of people. They did a great job with the and kids. And you're hitting people like you and I who lived in that area, lived in that, in that era. And then people who just love sci-fi kind of horror crossover. I don't even know what you, I don't know what you'd call that. I, I keep saying that series is like E.T. meets uh, Stephen King. Yeah, or like it's, the Goonies or something. Something It's a weird. really great mix. Yeah, and... <coughs> Pardon me. And I, I was wondering, like, okay, I'm watching this. Where are they going to go with season two? And I was like, wow, end of season one just blew me away. And I just got done watching the first season of Glow. Whew, huge thumbs up. Loved Glow. I liked Glow. I loved Glow. I still got to watch Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, um... Iron Fist. I mean, the, the, the Defenders then. The Defenders just came out. You're and, way behind. I'm going to ask you this. Uh, House of Cards, should I get invested? I think it's the most overrated show on TV. It's five seasons in already. I think it's borderline garbage. Really? Yep. Okay. Well, I'm, That's my opinion. That's I'm a hater. Ozark, I'm thinking. Have you watched Ozark? Ozark I like. Okay. It's not perfect, but I right. like it. Thumbs up. And I got to tell you, man, dude, I do not miss cable. Like, I don't miss it. You're also saying that in the dregs of summer when there's nothing really on. I do... I gotta tell you though, like I've been telling you this though, like a lot of shows I've been watching on a network, on the networks, Y Five O, Flash, Supergirl. I, I, I've been done with them for a year now. I don't watch those anymore. I don't watch them anymore. Right, and I've told you you picked the wrong shows. Well, look, this is stuff I like. I, you right. know, this is, I like what I like. But like, I'll be interested to see how much you like all these Marvel shows. And I haven't watched all of them. I love season one of Daredevil. Daredevil's the best. You like it more than I do. I 
didn't at all like Jessica Jones. I stopped on Luke Cage, and I haven't watched one minute of. Uh, I heard Iron Fist was Iron bad. Fist, I heard it was bad. Yeah. I'm gonna watch the Defenders and just feel like I can follow it. But I have no urgent. This, I don't think there's a new one coming out. I can't remember. It's called I think Little Devil or Baby Devil or something. Uh, that sounds fun. Yeah. yeah, with Adam Scott and Evangeline Lilly. Were... Dude, you got Netflix has a new show every three days and a new movie and a. Yeah. You should watch. There's a good romantic comedy on there. Um, the Incredible Jessica James. Really fun watch. Really? Yeah. Watch it with the wife. Get some points. Is it a movie or a series? It's a movie. It's a 90 minute movie. Okay. Um, you know, I got to tell you, like, you know, just to quit rambling on, but like, I like Better Call Saul, and that's not even a network show. That's AMC. There's not much out there I like on the network right now. I really, I mean, I like American Ninja Warrior, but I figure I could go back on the NBC app and watch that. You don't even need to watch that the day of. You know what I mean? I, I don't, I mean, my wife likes This Is Us, which is an NBC show. I think that's the only network drama I watch. I I, I don't know. But I watch a ton of cable shows. I, mean, I like Blue Bloods. People call me old, but I do, because I'm a Tom Selleck guy. But even that show, I'm like, that's now in the seventh or eighth season. It's like. I can live or I can live with or without those shows. I like Netflix because I do like binge watching. I think it's fantastic. You are a binger more I, than I am. I mean, I, I got to tell you, like, in, the thing about what's great about Glow, 30 minute, thirty minute episodes, 10, 10 episodes, or ten episodes, thirty minute sheets. That's that. That's not very long. You can, you can bang those out in two or three days, no problem. So, I'm looking forward to it. We're getting we're gonna get Sling TV too. I just like you've spent five minutes or whatever talking about Netflix, something that everyone else has had for like five years. Hey, you know You're what? like, you got it. I got to tell you about this thing, Netflix. Have you heard about it? <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm like a kid right now. I'm just saying. You won't let me talk about Twin Peaks. It's real nice. Okay. What do you want to know? I was going to say, look, we're going we're gonna to close out, right? Yes. Follow me on Twitter, at Mark Mazoros, M-A-R-K-M-E-S-Z-O-R-O-S. The finale of Twin Peaks, which almost no one in the country is watching. What is it on? Showtime. There you go. Twin Peaks, The Return. Two-hour finale on Sunday. The show has frustrated me and bewildered me for 15 weeks or so now. But the last two or three have been great. A big thing we've been waiting for all season. I don't want to say finally happened on Sunday. I'm ready for the finale. David Lynch is going to leave us with answers and questions. And if anyone wants to nerd about it uh, over Twitter, tweet at me because I can't wait. You and like 46 other people. You get the best... Uh, return on tweet investment if you live tweet during that show and use the hashtag Twin Peaks because there's like 40 of us in the country and everyone, <laughs> everyone sees your tweet you get like four retweets it's great awesome alright well we're going to be back I promise you we're going to be back not next week but the week after because we got to talk about week one of the Browns home game at the stadium Steelers Deshaun Kaiser Joe, Joe we Hayden, need we talk about Joe, Joe Hayden. Hayden wish Joe Hayden well wish he wasn't with the Steelers so until then I am on Twitter at mpoto. He already, Mark already told you his Twitter handle. So until next week or until two weeks from now, thanks for listening. This has been a production of the News Herald in Willoughby, Ohio, part of 21st Century Media and Digital First Media.